Man, y'all look good. This is, this is exciting to be here. First Chi Alpha of the year. Thank you. Well, first of all, I feel like I have to say thank you. Uh, thank you for actually showing up. It's been like 24 changes, and I feel like we tried to make it so that you wouldn't come. Like we tried to hide it from you, like, oh, yeah, Kyle's over here. It's in the barroom, but it's not. Or the barroom, no, no, Kyle's going to be in Ming She, or Kyle's going to be on Pluto, you know, or something. I don't know. Well, Pluto's not a planet anymore, is it? Dang. Rest in peace, Pluto. Rest in peace. Well, as uh, Katie already did a great job saying, I am, I'm Jordan Goody. And, um, yeah, I get the privilege of being able to, five years ago, four years and ten months ago, four years and ten months ago, Katie and I left Texas and moved here from a small university by Texas' standards and a large university by West Virginia standards, like 20,000 students, Sam Houston State. We did Chi Alpha there, and we moved here four years, 10 months ago to start the Chi Alpha here. And then we were blessed enough to have six of our friends, four of our friends actually, and six eventually, six friends move up nine months later to start this Chi Alpha with us. And it's been, it's been fun. And so it has been an honor. It's been an honor, and I'm excited for this next year. Congratulations to everyone who is a freshman who is here. Congratulations. You made it out of your parents' house. You finally got out. You're here. You, 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 you're free. You don't have to check in later on. You can, you can go to bed whenever you want. No curfew. You're free. And congratulations to everyone else who managed to stay out of their parents' house another year. You, hey, you, you, you didn't flunk out. You're back. Good job. You also aren't taking, like, your 14th semester off. So that's, like, a real thing. I was talking to someone the other day, and it was like, man, you're taking a break again. <laughs> and it's been, like, three years. But anyways, it's really cool to see you all here. We're excited. This is an honor, and, um, and yeah, I'm just really grateful to be in here because I was like, yesterday I was like, man, where are we going to be? And so this is pretty cool. But, hey, you know what? You're here. You have a whole bunch of things on your mind. Who, I don't know what you've been thinking about, but I wanted to take some time this evening for us to talk about necessity, things that we need. What are things that we need? What is the most important thing that we need? And so we'll jump into that. I'll read a story out of the Bible. It'll be cool. If you brought a Bible, you can open up to Luke chapter 10. If you didn't bring a Bible, well, we'll have it on the screen, so you're covered. But uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 and 41, I figured what better way to start off the year with talking about two sisters and one sister who's frustrated with another one. That sounds like something that every freshman deals with. Not really. But I think, it'll be re I think it's really important for everyone here, and I'm excited about it. So, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 41, pretty short. Jesus is hanging, at the hanging out at the house of two sisters, a family that he's really good friends with. And so it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had to say. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that, he, that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care 
that my sister has left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. And he says, Martha, Martha, you're worried, about, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I don't know if you're worried and upset about anything. I mean, the beginning of the year is pretty exciting. Even if you were super stressed at the end of last year, whether you were in high school or whether you were a sophomore in college. Usually, the beginning of the year is pretty festive and exciting. Everyone's excited. It's like a new day. It's a new opportunity. It's a new chance. You may be worried about some things. Maybe you were like some of the people that I saw earlier today who were like walking around campus with a sheet of paper trying to figure out where their classes are and, and then they walk up to you like exasperated, do you know where Clark Hall is? Yeah, it's right there, man. It's just, <laughs> just look right there, it's that one. And so yeah, maybe that was you or maybe, maybe you were genuinely upset because you're like my roommate or uh, his freshman year. No lie, girlfriend of like three years, I think she had been sitting on it and she just waited until he left, but his girlfriend for like three years in high school, first day of class, calls him and says, hey, I want to break up. It was fun. Talk to you later. I know. Oh, it's so sad. He was really sad. He was crying and everything. It was, it was, it was really sad. But hey, maybe you're like him, you know, like first day of classes and somebody just broke up with you. I'm sorry. But hey, there's hope. That was all I had. But I don't know, you're probably, some of you may be upset, some of you may be worried, but I don't think many of you are. But I know one thing that all of us can relate with is what he says right after that, which is this idea of necessity. What do we actually need? What do you actually need in college? There's a lot of things that you need. I can think of some things that I need or we need. Food, that's a real necessity. Air, if you don't have air, you know, you'll stop breathing and you'll die. Food is important. Good food is important. I think about, man, y'all got it good at WVU. Y'all got like 28 cafeterias. I don't know. You got like at least four or five. Where I went to school, we had one cafeteria. One. Someone who went to that school is already laughing because he knows where this is going. It was rough. It was at this, in this cafeteria, they kept it out under a heat lamp until it was eaten. And if it took six days for someone to eat that, it's going to sit there for six days. And, and they would stop cooking other stuff just to make sure that you ate the stuff that they kept out. It was rough. I remember the bathroom in that cafeteria. You would walk in. I, I, I remember the first time I went to the bathroom. I was like, I just rushed in from classes. And I'm like, oh, let me use Russian before I eat. And so I walk in. And I like walk in and I like... I'm like, what is this? And it's like gum was all over the floor, except it was like dirt and other bathroom stuff. And I'm like, this is gross. And I just made a decision right there. I said, you know what? I don't need to use the restroom that bad. I'll hold it. It's only an hour. And I did. And I don't regret that. You have, <laughs> you have some good restrooms here. Food is a legitimate necessity in college. Also, vitamins are a legitimate necessity. Yeah. I'm like your parents. Green things are good, a steady diet of pizza and soda, 
and energy drinks isn't the best. Just, just a friendly reminder. What else is needed? We talked about it earlier, community. Community is needed. Community is really needed. It's not something we think about much, but it's something that I've seen. I'm old, and so I've been doing this for a while, and I've seen community be the thing that projects someone into something that they never thought they could ever be. I've seen, it, I've seen community, the right community, take someone into a whole nother level. I've also seen a community, especially here at WVU, literally drag someone down for the sake of trying to fit in with the people around you because this is a tough place to go by the beat of a different drum. The people who've been here know this. It's not an easy place to be different. And so having a community of people who like are pushing you to be better rather than worse, that's a genuine necessity. What else? Uh, I would say forgiveness, uh, a, a heart that's quick to forgive for your roommates. Yeah. Some of you have already experienced it. Hey, my roommate may be a piece of work. It's okay. We're all people. We all need to grow. Your roommate may be difficult. You, are, you may realize, wow, they haven't flushed the toilet since we've been here. This, this may be the whole year. Uh, look, this is, this is a real thing. I had a roommate. I'm glad no, none of y'all know him, so I can say this openly. I mean, I, I can guarantee that the guy didn't take a shower more than once a week the entire year. That was his routine. And yes, he didn't smell good. He wasn't one of those people that can go without showers and it's okay. He was not one of those people. It was rough. It was rough. But some of y'all may need a roommate where you really need to be able to forgive because you're like a couple very saintly guys here that I will leave a name who had their roommates get hammered and pee on them in the middle of the night. Yes. Be now, now you're terrified. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> what school did I come to? Yes. But, hey, those guys, those guys are very quick to forgive because they did not kill those, those roommates. I, I have so much respect for them. But also, you, also another thing we need is forgiveness for ourselves. For real. You know, like some of us have come from high school and we've never really made anything lower than an A. And so the idea of failure is pretty foreign to us. And I've seen some people freak out over their first B or their first C and thinking the world's going to end. You're not perfect, so you're not going to be able to live up to some of your really high standards. College kind of removes your parents and puts you in, in the setting where, yeah, the, the guardrails are off. And so you're going to find yourself up against what Katie said earlier, which is your inability to be perfect. And so this idea of you feeling forgiven, you feeling like there's hope for you even after you mess up is, is actually a really important thing. And I didn't know if I was going to say this, but I'll go ahead and say it. I'd say another thing that's really needed is purpose, is real purpose. And by purpose, it's like the motive for why you do what you do, your, your motivation, your, your purpose can like drive you into a whole nother level. I was literally reading the story of a guy in England. Okay, so he's like from like 150 years ago. So I'm not even going to say his name because nobody in here knows what his name is. He's a sir, sir something something. But he was talking about how he failed out of college. 
And when he failed out of college, everyone was like, oh, you're not going to do anything. And at that time, he said, yeah, at that time, my purpose wasn't really anything. I wasn't motivated by much. Like, some people are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by this particular relationship, this girl, this guy who makes me feel like I matter. Some people are motivated by the idea of having a big career and making a difference in the world, like, or being respected. But he said, I wasn't really motivated by anything. And then a few years later, he finds himself realizing, you know what? The situation of slavery in England is pretty bad. What if I just give myself to freeing as many slaves as I can? And it got to the point where he was like, I'm going to do everything I can to end slavery in my lifetime. He ended up becoming an extremely wealthy and influential man who did end up seeing slavery come to an end in his lifetime. And he just shifted his purpose. These are all needs. And these are pretty genuine needs, the need of being able to forgive your roommates and eating vitamins, but then also the need of having real purpose and having community, the need of being feeling forgiven. As I think about me in college, my freshman year, and all the years after my freshman year, like the different things that I came in thinking that I needed, it's, it, was, it was really funny. It was a fun exercise of remembering what I thought I needed at the beginning of each year. My first year, I thought that I needed the perfect relationship. So, yeah, I was hoping, I was hoping to do well in school, and, yeah, I was hoping to make some good friends. But what I was really looking for was the right girl. And I wouldn't advise that anyone does what I'm about to say that I did, but I did do this. I'm, I'm not making this up. I thought it'd be a great idea. Look, I'm on campus. People need to know that I'm here. And so I went on Facebook. Yes, I'm old enough that Facebook was a thing that was actually popular when I was in college. And I go on Facebook, and I just search my university. But I exclude the males and only look at females. And from the profile pics, decided, okay, you're pretty, you can be my friend. Oh, you're pretty, you can be my friend. And just friend requested every pretty girl that I, that I didn't know, that I wanted to know. And I was like, oh, this is great. Now, don't worry, I didn't send any messages. That would have been really creepy, or even creepier. Um, I did send two, though. <laughs> two messages, just, just in case, just to let them know I'm here. You know, like, hey, I'm here. And so that, that's, what, that's what I was focused on. I was focused on, like, the right girl because I thought that was what was going to make me happy. And I'm so happy that there was a guy living right next door to me who was a small group leader in Chi Alpha. And this guy kept inviting me to Chi Alpha, even though he knew that my eyes were thinking that I needed something else, the right relationship. He was like, no, 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 I know what this guy needs. He needs community. And he fought for me. And he brought not only himself, but a bunch of other guys. It's funny. I was looking for the right girl, and I ran into a bunch of guys. It's like, it's like the last thing you want to hear when you're looking for a party. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to a party, and there's a bunch of, I mean, I don't know. When I was party hopping, I was like, you walked in, and then there was a bunch of guys, and then you walk right back out, and you go to the next one. That, that was what it was like for me. And so it's so funny to me that I end up in a setting where it's only guys, and these guys end up changing my life forever and becoming my best friends. I mean, I was literally talking to that guy who fought for me yesterday. I was talking to him for an hour. It was a great conversation.
But I think about my second year. I come back from my sophomore year, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you know what I need? I need the right car. That's what was holding me back. I had a great year, but I didn't have a car. I was stranded a lot of the time. I wasn't in a place like Morgantown where you had a lot of public transportation. It was like if you didn't have a car, you were staying on campus. That was your option. And Walmart was just as far as it is from, from here. And it was and Walmart, where I was, was the biggest store in town. So you wanted to be at Walmart. It was like going to the movies, the mall, SeaWorld. It was all of it mixed up in one. You wanted to be at Walmart, and I couldn't get there. And I was like, how, how am I going to survive? I'm, I can't go to Walmart. I, I, I worked so hard to save up some money to be able to have this car. I get this Forerunner. It's black. It's sick. It has a DVD player and a dashboard, which is highly illegal, and I don't recommend. And I end up totaling the car a couple months into the school year. And I'm stranded yet again. And not only am I stranded, but then I'm like so down that I actually start making some really bad decisions. Some really, really bad decisions. Decisions that ended up almost defining my entire college experience. And I was in a really low place. And over the next couple of months, some people showed me grace. And they believed in me again. And they gave me hope. And it was interesting because I thought a car would change my year, but really, it was the grace that I was shown that changed my year. Fast forward, I just, I'm about to go into my senior year. The previous summer, I'm trying to be a doctor, I'm a, bi a biology major, I'm hoping to go to med school, and I go in and get this, I land this sick internship with UT Medical School, and I'm like, yes, I can shadow doctors all summer. This is the perfect setup for me applying to medical school. And when I follow these doctors around, I realize that I don't love medicine as much as you need to love it in order to be able to do it. And in that summer, I realize this is really fun, but this isn't for me. And so I come back to college with, with like, I've just finished three years of a biology major that I don't intend to use anymore. What am I going to do? And it was in that next year that I no longer lived for the purpose of getting the right job and making this a certain amount of money, and that was what would bring me happiness. But what would bring me happiness is living for a higher purpose, a purpose that goes beyond money, a purpose that goes beyond other people's opinions of you. As I'm saying all this, I find myself thinking about Jesus Christ We've talked about Jesus earlier. Some people have mentioned some stuff. If you're familiar with Jesus, awesome. If you're not, awesome. Jesus Christ, one thing that's so cool about him, there were so many things that I could say. But he is the most influential figure in the history of mankind. No one is influenced more. And you would think that someone who influenced so much would have written a lot of things about himself. We only have one experience of him saying that he wrote anything about himself. It's in the John, if I'm not mistaken, John chapter 10. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to mention it. The only time that we know that he wrote anything is in this experience where he is before a woman who just cheated on her husband. And she was caught in the act and some extra spiritual dudes come and drag her before Jesus and say, what should we do with her? You're Jesus, condemn her. You're someone who's known for loving God, condemn her. 
And then Jesus looks at her, and then he looks at them, and he starts writing on the ground. It's the only time that we know that he ever wrote anything. He didn't write any other books. Everything that we know about him, other people wrote. His friends wrote about him. This is who he was. This is what he did. This is what he said. But he didn't write any books. This is the only time that he wrote. And he looks down on the ground, and he just writes. We don't even know what he wrote. But when he finished writing, he looked up at the different extra spiritual dudes who were ready to condemn this woman for what she had done. And he said, okay, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And then the oldest dudes are like, ooh. I'll see y'all later. And they leave. And then the younger guys notice, and then they leave. And then no one else is there except the people looking. The extra spiritual dudes are gone. The woman caught in adultery is still there. And then Jesus looks up at her and he says, where are your accusers? Have they not condemned you? And then she says, they're not here. No one condemns me. And what does he say? Well, neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. Incredible. The reason I bring that up, there's so many things that I could say about what Jesus did and who he was. And it's really cool because we're actually going to spend the next few weeks, there's so many things that are known about Jesus or said about Jesus or perceived about Jesus. And we're going to spend the next few weeks literally just talking about who Jesus was. We always talk, we always say his name, but we spend so little time actually saying what he actually did. And so we're going to do that the next few weeks here in Chi Alpha. But in this situation... You can, could you just imagine that small group of guys who have been traveling around with him, watching him do these things called miracles, things that are supernatural, saying some stuff that no one's ever said before, and then they see this, a grace on a level that is so uncommon. And then he says something right after this that is like mind-blowing and is so pertinent for where you all are now. He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but he will walk in light. I am the light of the world. In college, there are so many opportunities before you. I mean, your parents aren't here anymore. Your parents aren't around. It's just you making these decisions. And trying to decide what is best right now is kind of scary, slightly overwhelming, and your future depends on it. And trying to figure out what you actually need is, a, for me, kind of overwhelming to think about. But Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me does not walk in darkness, but has the light of life. C.S. Lewis, a guy we like to read, wrote a few books, Chronicles of Narnia, if you've ever heard, heard of that. He said this about Jesus being the light of the world. And why he believes in Jesus Christ. He said, I believe in Jesus in the way, I believe in Jesus and what he has to say. Because not only can I see his life, but by him I am able to see everything else. I believe in Jesus not only because I can see his life, but by him I can see everything else. When Jesus is your filter as to how to see the world you will make the right decisions in college and in life. Jesus is talking to Martha, 
going back to the story that we first read about, he's talking to this woman, and she is flustered, worried about all these different things that she thinks that she needs. And then he says, many things aren't needed. In fact, indeed, only one thing is really needed. What was that one thing? And Matthew 26, Matthew 22, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Loving God, following Jesus, just following Jesus. Not even, not, not getting it all right. Not being perceived as extra spiritual. Not being seen as someone who has it all together. But literally following him is the most important thing. It's the thing that you need. It's the thing that he's putting before Mary. Just follow me. That, let that be what you're worried about. If I could encourage you this year, my freshman year, I grew up in church, and my decision was that I actually didn't want to be in church anymore. And so I was trying to get as far away from Jesus and God and anybody else related to him as possible. And that was a mistake. Please prioritize following Jesus above everything else this year. Let that be your primary motive. How do you prioritize Jesus? I would say, one, let yourself be around people who also are prioritizing Jesus. Like, let yourself prioritize being in community this year. We keep hitting this word community hard because your community can raise you to a whole nother level and it can bring you so low. Prioritize following Jesus this year by first letting yourself be around the right community. But I'd also say make the decision. Determine now. Determine now that, you know what, I'm going to have, like, as I think about what I would be thinking if I was sitting in your seat, I'd be thinking, man, but Jordan, you don't know. What about when classes really start ramping out? What about with midterms? What about when I'm really stressed about all the other things I need to get done? Yes, you will get stressed this year. Don't let yourself forget about prioritizing Jesus. It's really cool at the beginning of the year. Everybody like shows up to Chi Alpha and they're real excited and it's real cool. And then people stop coming. Not a lot, but a few people stop coming. And over the years, I've wondered, like, what is it that draws people away? And when I talk to these people, they're never like, ah, oh, you know, it just wasn't my thing. That is so rare for people to say that. Usually, what it is is people just, I just got so busy. I just got so busy that I just don't have any time for this anymore. So you don't have the time, you don't have time for the thing that you need most, but you have time to give to things that are helpful, but may leave you incredibly stressed and not feeling fulfilled. And then in years to come, you may not even remember that test. Prioritize being a follower of Jesus this year. That doesn't mean that you have to have it all together, nor does that mean that you have to even know everything. Being a follower is just someone who just says, I'm going to trust you enough to learn from you. So I'm going to put myself around you to learn from you. 
her sister was sitting there and she was with Jesus. And she, her greatest priority was not getting everything done that everybody thought they needed to get done, but it was letting herself be a follower of him. I'm excited for your year. I'm excited to hear the stories of what God is going to do in your life. And I'm excited for how God is going to use you to help you to fulfill the purposes that he has called you to because all of you have a destiny that is so much bigger than what you can see. All of you. Follow him and let him lead you into that destiny and you will have a year and a life that you will never forget and you won't have any regrets. I'll pray and we'll be done. Father God, thank you for everyone here. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending him. Lord God, thank you for sending the light of the world who can show us the way if we would follow him. Give us all strength so that we may do that. I pray over everyone, everyone's year, Lord God. I pray that you would bless everyone's year here. I pray that in hard times and in discouragement, you would give people here hope. I pray, Lord God, when the weight and the pressure of what may be going on around us at WVU and some of the things that people care most about, I pray that that wouldn't overwhelm our hearts and make us want to give in to that. Help us to hear your voice and to choose that above all else. I thank you for everyone here. I thank you that they thought it was worth it enough to be here. Lord God, speak to everyone here. Speak to us individually. Speak to us this next week. Show us what you have for us in the future. Pray this in Jesus' name.